and turn to Luke chapter 4. It'll be our scripture reading this morning in Luke chapter 4, in verse 16. Speaking of Jesus, it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. And he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and rolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Father, we pray right now that today this scripture will be fulfilled in our hearing right here, right now. Move in us as only you can, Holy Spirit. Let us hear not just the words, but the way that you want us to go today. Lord Jesus, break down the wall. In your name we pray. Amen. How many of you are getting ready for to do something on the 4th or around that time? Any getting ready for 4th for Independence Day? It's a celebration of freedom. Ultimately, a celebration of our freedom. A freedom that throughout the years in this country not only has been something that is spoken of in general, but our leaders, our leaders have spoken again and again in some of the most memorable and lasting speeches about freedom. We think of Abraham Lincoln and the many speeches he had, including the Gettysburg Address, to Teddy Roosevelt, to Franklin Delano Roosevelt, to John F. Kennedy, and to this 1987 Berlin Wall speech, at least part of it, by President Ronald Reagan. See this video. Today I say as long as this gate is closed... As long as this scar of a wall is permitted to stand, it is not the German question alone that remains open, but the question of freedom for all mankind. In the 1950s, Khrushchev predicted, we will bury you. But in the West today, we see a free world that has achieved a level of prosperity and well-being unprecedented in all human history. In the communist world, we see failure. There is one sign the Soviets can make that would be unmistakable, that would advance dramatically the cause of freedom and peace. General Secretary Gorbachev, if you seek peace, if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe, if you seek liberalization, Come here to this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. (laughs) Mr. Gorbachev, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. 
looking back, that was a dramatic moment with very clear words that were a call for freedom. A freedom that could begin by tearing down that wall. Now, there may be some here in younger generations that may not aware of what this is all about. This was a post-World War II, almost 100-mile-long wall, along with trenches, barbed wire fences, armed guards, that went up in 1961, permanently separating two Berlins, east and west. Two Germanys were separated, east and west, separating the same country. This wall also separated families who for centuries had lived and been together. More than that, this wall that he is speaking of embodied the division of two worlds, the communist east world and the west free world. In many ways, this wall symbolized the Iron Curtain of communism all across the world. The wall that he spoke of did not just merely restrict freedom physically, but it was a barrier that imprisoned mentally and emotionally in every way a captivity that brought brutal oppression on those on the other side of the wall who had no hope within and no hope to ever get out. And two years after Reagan's speech, they tore down that wall. It wasn't a direct result of Reagan's speech. There are many factors that came together to bringing down that wall coming down. But freedom, freedom came to those. Freedom came to those, not just in Germany, but freedom came to those all over the world. So much so that a a noticeable difference was seen. This same scene, looking at it from the wall uh, there, and the difference that was made. Tearing down that wall and bringing in freedom. Why do I mention that this morning? I mention that because today we're looking at a speech from another leader. Our leader. Jesus. As he begins his earthly ministry here in Luke chapter 4, one of the first speeches recorded as he lays out his mission to bring freedom and to tear down various walls that have held people captive since the very beginning of time. It's what he says, his mission in Luke 4, verse 18 and 19, and that's what we'll look more specifically at this morning. He says, here is his speech, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Except the difference here with Jesus is he was not calling for freedom. He was coming with freedom coming with freedom for all people. Jesus is not telling somebody else to tear down the wall. He is saying he would tear down the walls and set his people free. This was his mission. This is our mission, a mission that he makes so clear here. Especially as you think about that last phrase that we'll get into more next week about proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor, the year of jubilee, the year of freedom. Jesus calls us today to join him in his mission, to join Jesus' mission to set 
people free. To tear down walls. How do we do that? Where do you even begin? What are those walls? Where are those places that Jesus wants to do? He clearly lays it out here. We're going to look at four walls today in just those couple of verses that are mentioned here in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. The first wall that Jesus tears down is the walls of sin. And in this, we begin with the first phrase in this, to proclaim good news to the poor. Jesus tears down walls of sin. It's not a referendum on uh, on setting those who are physically poor, free, or somehow finding economic freedom. That's not the main focus of Jesus' words right here, although don't take that to mean that Jesus didn't have a focus on the poor. He did, not only by his actions, but by his words. And in fact, in the rest of the Bible clearly setting out our responsibility to those who are destitute, those who are poor in resources. We're to have compassion that leads to an action for those who are without. But Jesus had a broader definition of what it meant to be poor, a a different use of the word poor that didn't deal with earthly financial conditions. One of those was in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, where it talks about those who are poor in spirit, those who are humble. It has nothing to do with the amount of money. It has to do with a heart attitude. And we know that Jesus sets free those who are humble before him. Those who surrender to him. And yet there is another kind of poor that Jesus speaks about. That Jesus speaks about in Revelation chapter 3. You say, I am rich, I have prospered and need nothing. Not knowing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. There is a poverty more miserable than the lack of possessions and money that people need to be set free from. Jesus came as well to this spiritually poor. Who all of us were before Christ to preach the good news. More than that, to be the good news. Not just with words, but with actions. And not just any action, but with the action of His death on the cross. He gave for us freedom. Freedom from our own death penalty. A death penalty that we deserve because of our own sins. A penalty that we could never have paid And yet Jesus did. Romans 6 tells us, But now you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God. The benefit you reap leads to holiness. The result is eternal life. For the wages or the penalty of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus tears down the walls of sin and sets us free. Tore down the wall between us as sinners and a holy God. Through his forgiveness, through his salvation, he reconciled our relationship back to God. We read in Ephesians chapter 2. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall. He's destroyed the wall 
of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was creating himself one humanity out of the two, thus making peace in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came, he preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near for through him we have access to the Father by one spirit. We're to join Jesus' mission in proclaiming the good news. And let's recognize that that word for good news is gospel. We're told to proclaim, to preach the gospel. That's what he says he's come to do and what we follow. In fact, that word in the original Greek is where we get the word evangelize. For us, just like with Jesus, it should not be something that's passive. That, that we to, to evangelize, to proclaim the good news, to break down these walls. It's not something that should just be something we do with our mouth about the freedom that's in Christ. Like we check off some box. Yeah, I, I did this. I mean, there are those who think they have no responsibility as to whether people listen or not. You know, it's not my duty whether they choose to listen or not. I just did my duty. That's it. I said it. And, and we hear that. And yet sometimes the attitude of that is not an attitude of love. The attitude of just saying, well, I just said the words and whether they listen to me or not, it doesn't matter. Kind of like the next word should be, I don't really care. I just said the truth. But if we're joining Jesus' mission and no one is set free, how are we really joining? We stop at preaching to people's ears, but we fail to reach hearts and really set them free. That's what he's called us to do. Not just to speak that good news, but to tear down those walls. It's not just about saying the right words, but doing the right things that will break down those walls through the power of the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes it's a process that takes place in people's life. Those who are dead in their sins need CPR. Eternal CPR. And we say that in a very real way, meaning see, cultivate, to cultivate the ground that we're bringing the seed of the the gospel, the good news in, to cultivate that ground, to break up that ground, that hardness. And P, to plant, to plant that seed, to talk about it. That is the word to tell about what Jesus did. And then R, to reap. It may be that and there are some people that you've talked to about Jesus and about how he's come to die on the cross for you and about how Jesus loves them and wants them to come to him. And you've done the C and the P, but you've not gotten to the R and just asked him, so what is preventing you today from coming and surrendering your life to Jesus? What's preventing you today from him being the Savior and you living eternally with Him, not just there, but here. We should be joining Him in this mission with the greatest, of mes- greatest message of freedom that we can declare, an eternal freedom in which Jesus, who tore down the dividing wall forever for those who have faith, walk, who in faith walk, through Him, the narrow gate, by putting our trust in Christ alone. Uh, let's move on to the next. Jesus tears down the walls of Satan. 
In Psalm 146, verse 7, we read that, that the Lord sets the prisoners free. What does that mean? What does it mean when Jesus says here part of his mission is to proclaim freedom for the prisoners? Now, the word there has to do with prisoners, prisoners of war, those who have literally been taken by spear point, those who have been conquered, those who are being held captive. Again, like the first point, this goes beyond something that's physical, prisoners. I mean, there are a few times in Acts when uh, there were prisoners, people who were in jail, who were set free miraculously. But the reality was not everyone was miraculously set free, even John the Baptist. Think about John the Baptist. In fact, John the Baptist from prison, a prison in which he never left alive, asked Jesus, what's going on? What's happening? And we'll get into that response next week. Uh, in, in part two of this message, but John the Baptist and uh, no one greater than all uh, who's been born of uh, born of man is John the Baptist, and yet Jesus did not free him. And so, as we're thinking proclaiming freedom for prisoners, it is not literally Jesus went around to jails and opened the prison doors and let people come out, and they were walking out of jails all over. He means something else by this. To set free those who were in prison, held captive, enslaved in a different way. Like it's talked about in Isaiah 42, verse 7. To bring out captives from the prison and those who sit in darkness from the house of restraint. Jesus came to set them free, to release them from bondage. Jesus' mission is to set the captives free. It is a mission for us to join him and to recognize in all of this, even what we say as our church, proclaiming freedom, healing, and life. This is what this is about. This is joining Jesus in this. So then who are the prisoners of war that we're talking about? Who are the prisoners that Jesus came to set free? They are the prisoners of the spiritual war. The spiritual war that is talked about in Ephesians chapter 6. Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Maybe we never thought about it this way. I mean, we know we're in a war. We've heard that and we know there's a battle that's going on. But maybe you've never realized that there are some in this battle who have been taken captive by the devil. There are those who literally have become prisoners of this war that need to be set free. Second Timothy chapter two or Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-six says they will come to their senses, maybe they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. You see, he has taken people captive to do his will. Even later, earlier in 1 Timothy 4, the Spirit clearly says, in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. We recognize there is a battle. We recognize the enemy is real, but we do not recognize that there are prisoners of war in this battle that need to be set free. And Jesus came to tear down those walls, those prison walls of Satan. 
This was not some nice speech by Jesus. This was a declaration, not just of mission, but a declaration of war to proclaim, to proclaim in a different way. Uh, We recognize that phrase right before that. It's talked about proclaiming the good news, but this is a completely different word that he's using right here. Jesus' mission was to set at liberty, not merely to proclaim, but to provide freedom, not just talk. This is a walk that presses forward in deliverance. Deliverance of those who have been caught by the enemy. Held captive by Satan. For some, Satan merely has a foothold in their lives. For others, Satan has a stronghold. And maybe temporarily some have been influenced by Satan. But still others are actually controlled. You see how big this wall is that needs to come down in many ways to some degree is dependent upon us. What are those areas that we no longer have control of? For example, anger. An anger that opens the door and a foothold that becomes a stronghold. Not of anger just, but of Satan himself. Or unforgiveness that leads to a bitterness that leads to opening the door and a captivity of your own self because of that bitterness in your soul. A captivity to Satan in the future because of something that happened in your past. You know, sometimes the devil doesn't have to work hard at taking people captive. It's they walk right into his trap. Even with spiritual stuff that shouldn't be messed with. Or in ways that we're warned about. Ephesians 4.27 says, Do not give the devil a foothold. We know that. We've heard that. But do we apply that? Do we think that through? Satan can launch an attack to take you captive through just a small area. If you think about it, daily we're told there's a battle between us going between the flesh and the spirit. There's a battle that's constantly going in. If we give more into that flesh, we open the door to say, hey, Satan, why don't you come and join this battle between the flesh and the spirit? We do that through deliberate, intentional disobedience. Even through sins of the flesh, uh, such as the sins of the flesh that are spoken of in Galatians 5. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, and orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is a way that walls get built up and we are imprisoned. Not just in sin, but in prison by Satan. The good news, though, the good news is that he who is in us is greater than the one that's in the world. That Jesus proclaims a freedom by his words and by his way that he made on the cross. We read in Colossians chapter 2, uh, and we'll get to verse 15 here. 
But when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken that away, nailing to the cross. We're talking about that sins, the first point, and now to the second. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, speaking of Satan, these are my words in there, that's why in parentheses, speaking of Satan and his demons. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. We read in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Whatever walls the devil puts up, Jesus came to destroy those. Jesus triumphed over him. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says, By Jesus' death he broke the power of him who holds the death that is the devil. He tears down the walls of the enemy that he has built that hold us captive. And sets us free. He wants to do that. That's his mission. That's the mission we should join him in. That's all we should be experiencing. This morning, I got a text early this morning from someone who a year ago, in a sense it's their anniversary date, a year ago, they were set free from Satan's control in their life. They were set free from walls that were broken down and the demonic that had a hold on their life. It just reminded me with the words, freedom, today, praising God. That's what He's come to do, to set us free, to tear down the walls of Satan, but as well to tear down the walls in our sights. There's a sense that this word here, this phrase here, recovery of sight for the blind, I didn't mention it earlier, but Jesus, as he's reading, he's reading out of Isaiah. We'll talk about that further next week, but he's reading out of Isaiah 61. And you won't find this in Isaiah 61, at least not directly in this form. It does say in Isaiah 61 about releasing those from darkness. But by saying it this way, recovery of sight for the blind, Jesus puts it in a way that makes it more practical and literal. Remember the first two points I just said, those, there, there was less of a physical application and more of a spiritual application. But that's not the only thing that Jesus came to do. As, as much as I may have mentioned those two points, that doesn't mean that's it. it. It's all about spiritual. Jesus did not come physically here on earth just to deliver us spiritually. He came here physically to deliver us physically as well. Jesus is concerned about our whole person. Body, spirit, mind, and soul. And he's concerned about that because he has told us that we are to love him with all our body, spirit, mind, and soul. So he's concerned about all of that. And he came not just to spiritually from sin or from Satan, but to everything that is in our sight. And by saying that, I mean everything that we can see, everything that we are experiencing, whatever we're going through on this earth, Jesus tears down those walls as well. 
He showed that. When he walked this earth, Jesus showed it wasn't just the spiritual that he was concerned about. He met people's needs where they were at. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he still does that. Matthew 21 says that the blind and the lame came and he healed them. That's not a, a, a spiritual kind of thing. Those who are spiritually blind, spiritually lame, he's talking about those physically. An example of this is in Luke chapter 18. Look at Luke 18, verse 35. In Luke 18, verse 35, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. And Jesus said, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. This is quite literally the recovery of sight for the blind. Jesus came to set people free. And he asked in verse 41 of that passage I just read in Luke 18. In verse 41 he says, what do you want me to do for you? That's a question they ask you today as we think about the freedom in your life that is needed, as we think about the walls in your own life that needs to come down. What do you want me to do for you? A question that we'll ask next week in the uh, the time of, of healing afterwards. What do you want Jesus to do for you? Jesus tore down physical infirmities and delivered from sickness. As 1 Peter 2 says, by his wounds we are healed. Now to be sure, each of these points in Jesus' mission statement can mean more than just that which is physical. Even in this, the recovery of sight can picture something deeper than physical healing. To give light to those who sit in darkness, who are in the shadow of death, as Luke 1 says. Those who walk in darkness, those who are blinded by sin, or those, there is help, there is hope. For those, Isaiah 9 talks about who are walking in darkness, have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. And that light is Jesus. Jesus is a light that can tear down the walls of darkness in your life and the lives of people around you. Finally, Jesus tears down the walls of suffering. As he sets the oppressed free. Meaning to be set free, to release, to set at liberty. And, and note, especially here, there's not even a proclaim. It, it, this, this, it's not about proclaiming, it's about providing freedom. To set free, more specifically, literally, those who are, and we think of oppressed, that word mean bruised or broken into pieces, broken in heart, broken in head, broken in your body. Jesus came to break down the walls of those things. 
that you feel powerless to do anything about. Jesus came to heal, to put the pieces back together that have been broken, broken in our lives, broken in our hearts. Those who are wounded inside, maybe experiencing a grief or a loss that has just built itself up almost as if a wall in your life. We may feel broken beyond repair. But there is one who can put all the pieces back together and add to it. This one tells us he heals the brokenhearted and binds up our wounds. That is Jesus' mission. That we can experience and we can join him in. There may be other walls that need to come down in this area that need, we need to be set free from an oppression that can come from a depression or from a, a desperation. There's a sense of hopelessness that we feel trapped uh, by walls around us. Uh, you just can't see a way out. But there is a way out. He says, no, I, 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 there isn't a way out. I've looked for it. There's just no way out. As you're looking... In your life, I don't disagree, you don't see a way out. But Jesus can tear down those walls and create a way out where there was not before. Show you a way out where you had not seen before. Jesus could do this. To set us free. For those who are oppressed. For those who are oppressed by a fear. A fear that grips you in a way that, that, that you just can't seem to get free. A fear that seems to free that end up being frozen in an anxiety. In such a way that even the hands of the devil himself are evolved. Jesus comes to tear down that wall. That's something we'll talk about more in the future in our Set Free series here is the next thing we'll be dealing with is fear and the cousin, worry. Many have become oppressed by walls that they themselves have built through addictions, abuse, lifestyle choices. In fact, we have those things in our lives and we just end up building even bigger walls through guilt and shame that just are oppressive. There are many Christians who say, you know what, no, I, I have experienced, I have experienced freedom of the good news of Jesus. I, I, I've been set free from the enemy, from Satan and what he does and I've even seen Jesus meet me in some real ways personally and some of the things he's done in my life in reality, physically. And yet, as much as we talk about having experienced that and know that, there still is this sense for some Christians that you know it. You are still enslaved in some way. You are still held captive in some way. You still feel like there are walls in your life. Galatians 5 says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Therefore do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Could it be that you have not been fully free? That you've experienced in your life from Jesus a partial freedom? 
and just settled for less than what Jesus wants to do. We've experienced God working in our life and we think, well, I guess that's it. I mean, that's good. I'm thankful. I'm grateful. But I think that, you know, I guess that's just what I have to settle for. Jesus came to tear down the walls. Jesus came to set you free. You don't need to settle for that. And here's what I think happens. I'll give you an illustration, a way of thinking about it. You're in the prison, the prison of our sin, the prison uh, captive to Satan, and we get set free. And we're, we're free. But our foot is stuck in the door of the prison. And we go through life talking about how wonderfully set free we've been set free by Jesus. And we are our whole body, everything about me except for one thing. Everything about me has been set free by Jesus. Praise the Lord. But the problem is, as long as that foot is still trapped, as long as that foot is still in the prison door, I'm not going anywhere. I can't move on with the life that God has planned for me. Could it be that you are not fully free? Because that's Jesus' mission. Not a partial freedom, but to set you fully free. No. To get to the place where we can say, no, in all these things, I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. All these things, not just in most of my life, but in all. I am more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Please understand in all these that we've talked about, it's not cut and dry that one is spiritual, one is physical, one is this or that. They they, kind of mix around. In a sense, there's a sense that we can have one wall in our life that is, is... a physical kind of thing, and the wall right beside it is something spiritual. Uh, think of it this way in Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. It talks about a demon-oppressed man who was blind and mute, was brought to Jesus, and he healed him so that the man spoke and saw. You see, in that man, there was both the walls of Satan and the walls of sin. There was the wall of sight and what was going on. There was all these walls that were involved that needed to come down. And Jesus set him free. So it may be that what you're going through, it just feels like it's just a little messy. It's, uh, it's not real clear on what exactly and all these, you know, which one. It's, it doesn't matter. Jesus came to bring freedom to all of them. We need to join Jesus' mission in setting people free. We'll talk more about that next week, especially as we explore how is that possible. We talk about it, but yet do we see freedom? And and do we see this that he's talking about here today? Let me just ask you, who do you know today that needs to be set free? Who do you know in your life that has walls that have been built up in their life that really need to come down? And perhaps really before we even go there, 
before we talk about breeding freedom and breaking down walls in other people's lives through Christ and His mission, we need to find freedom in Jesus in our own lives. To bring down walls in each of us. Please understand, while it may not be impossible, I think it is difficult, at least for some people, it is difficult to bring freedom to Christ, freedom of Christ to our relatives, to our neighbors, to our co-workers, if we ourselves are not free. It is difficult to bring that freedom to those if we ourselves are not free. I'm not saying that we can't say it. Jesus is the one who brings the freedom. It's not us. Here's the reason I say that. It's because when we're talking to the people around us who need to be free, they don't need another religion. What they're looking for is something real. They're looking for a real relationship with Jesus to deliver who can make a real difference in their lives. But if they don't see that Jesus is making a real difference in your life, what's the point of them listening to you? Sometimes I think the reason that we do not get through to them is because we're trying to, to think of some new information that we haven't told them before in the past. That they, If I just tell them this, then that will break through. If I just give them this new information, well, what they need is a new transformation. A new transformation, not just that Jesus can do in them, but a new transformation in me that they can see, that they can say, Jesus is the one who sets people free. Jesus is the one who breaks down walls because I see it in your life. You've talked to me to your blue in the face about this and this and this about Jesus, but now I see the truth in you. And your life has changed. Who is it you've been trying to reach for years that the way to do it is allowing Jesus to set you free and to change your life and to make the walls come down in you so that they are it's noticeable? What needs to come down in your life? Is it a wall of sin? Is it a wall that Satan has built? Is it a wall of things in your life that you can see that you even things you become blind to? Is there a wall that has been built over time that's just become oppressive? It's getting bigger, oppressing you more and more. To seek the Lord Jesus, to set you free, to break down those walls, to say to Jesus today, ask the worship team to come. I want to say to Jesus today to tear down those walls, to break these chains that we have. To say, Jesus, it's like that speech as we began. Jesus, and He is the one that can do it. Jesus, tear down the walls of sin in my life. Jesus, tear down the wall of Satan. Tear down the walls of what I'm struggling with. Be the Lord in this. Father, pray that you would help us to hear your word, to do your word. That you would move in a, in a mighty way here. These are your words. This is your mission. The one we're to join you on. And Lord, there are those here today that are not fully free. And you want them to be. There are those here today that have some pretty big walls built around them. Maybe completely, or, or maybe for some someone here today, it feels like 
There's only one wall that hasn't been completely built, but it's coming. Jesus wants to tear down those walls. Lord, help us. Speak to us in this time. Set your people free. In your name we pray. Amen.